All right, let's get started here. How's everybody doing today? I'm pumped. And it's not because of the Super Bowl, but I'm pumped. I'm just pumped. <laughs> hey, so today I want to talk to you guys. You know, and I was kind of debating about it, and Pastor Danny and I were just discussing about the month of February. And obviously the month of February is known for the love month, you know. You know, we're in love. Valentine's Day, you know, we, we buy cards. You know, we, we do this whole deal. By the way, I got a quick story. I don't know why. I just want to say this. I was in line seven years ago, okay? I was living in Tulsa. It was Valentine's Day, right? No, it's more than seven years ago. It was our first year of marriage, Marty. It was nine, year, nine, 10 years ago, okay? And here's the thing. I'm in line at Walmart, and I have chocolate, the heart. I have flowers. I have a stuffed teddy bear. Uh, yeah, but it's Valentine's morning, just by the way, <laughs> okay? Men, you got me on that one. Women, you got it too, okay? So I'm in line. I'm like, yeah, there's this long line in front of me. I'm like, I'm gonna surprise Marty. You know, all of a sudden I look around and every man in that entire store, I am not joking, hearts, chocolates, flowers, all right, and, and the stuffed animal. And I said, what am I doing? I fell for the trap. I fell, I fell for this trap, all right? I said, no, and I literally, I got upset about it. And so what I did is I just, I literally... You're not, don't do this, by the way, but I threw it in a shelf, right? You don't go back all the way and put everything back. I threw it in a shelf, and I went to go buy a, a certain DVD series that Maddie loved, and I threw it in a Valentine's Day bag. And when I gave it to her that day, she was like, yeah, it was awesome, because I decided to seek out what she, her, her interest, and I was willing to go there. I didn't want to follow the motions and, and go with that. And so we're in this month of, of Valentine's Day, you know, it's, 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 it's a Hallmark month, I guess you can say. But we were talking the other day, Danny, Pastor Danny and I were talking the other day, and we were saying, okay, what can we do to teach on God's kind of love? What can we do to look beyond the Hallmark, you know, beyond, beyond the commercials and the card, and, and speak about God? Because didn't God design love? Isn't God love? And so, I mean, going through this whole process of things, just talking about it, through the week, I realized for us to understand God's love, the agape love, the unconditional love, we have to know his heart. We have to know the heartbeat. And I, and I really got to thinking, I was like, man, the heartbeat. If you know what that heartbeat is, I mean, there's a rhythm behind it. You, you, can, you can hear that. And so we're going to start off in Psalms chapter 119, and I'm going to read three verses, but I'm going to chop them up, okay? Uh, 119 uh, verse 112 says this, I... The psalmist says, I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever. Everyone say forever. forever. Even till the end. So the psalmist is writing here. He says, I, all right, now he's talking about himself. He says, I have inclined my heart, my heart to you, God. And when I was thinking of the word inclined, I was, first picture that came to me was back in high school when I was on the football team. And we used to work out. Now, there's the bench press. Now, I know, do we have a couple of people that work out in the gym that lift, make some noise? Okay, that was, that was, that was a pansy noise. <laughs> Men that are muscle heads and are willing to, like, yeah, I can bench press, make some noise. Okay. We're going to move on. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. All right, when I was thinking about the word inclined, I, I thought about bench press. Now, you have the regular bench press where you're, you're just lifting weights, right? You guys can picture that for a second. But then there's that decline bench press where your knees are higher than your head and your, and your, your shoulders. And here's the thing. It's harder to pump. It's because you're at a declined 
situation. And my favorite bench pressing was the incline bench. You know, this is where I'm propped up right and I'm at an, uh, an angle and my head's higher than my legs, it, it, the whole deal. And I can lift more weights that way, but it's so much more easier. Am I right, man? Right? And that was my favorite because it was easier. <laughs> Because it was easier. But reality was, the reason why they kept me with, and uh, my football team, they kept certain football players to stay in a certain position um, and lift a certain way. Because I was a wide receiver at the time, and I was a defensive back way back in high school. So I needed to be fast and flexible. And if I built muscle, I wouldn't be as flexible anymore. So there was incline bench I really worked on because they didn't want me to gain the muscle because I would lose the speed and I would lose the flexibility to jump as high as I can to get the ball or defend the ball. And unlike a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman that's up front, man, these guys can eat all day. And they're encouraging them and they're building, building muscle because they're, they're the wall. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so when you think of the incline bench, when I think of the incline bench, I'm thinking about, man, this is so much more easier. Add some more weights, make me look good, you know? And so I'm, I'm doing this incline bench because it's so much more easier for me to lift. I mean, there's effort, obviously, but it's less effort when I'm uh, declined. In a sense, guys, we need to be the same exact way with our hearts, okay? When we incline our hearts, when we incline our ears to our God's heartbeats, it's much more easier to hear him. It's much more easier to stay in rhythm with him because we are at a point where we can hear it. He's right there. See, I had, this, I had my football teammates that were, um, as I was lifting, they were, they were yelling in my ear, come on, you got this, you can do it. And it brought some motivation, all right? Because I was like, yeah, two more, three more. You know, two more, I'm going backwards. Two more, one more. Oh, I got it, right? But that, that, those voices motivated me to finish strong. See, when our hearts are inclined, it may not be allowed. Come on, you got it. But the Bible says he's a small whisper. And I told you guys about three, four weeks ago that he whispers because I believe he's that close to us. And when it gets hard in life, when we're in, our attitude is not in it and our, 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 you know, we just don't feel like doing it, if our hearts are inclined to God, you hear that whisper saying, come on, you got it. You can do it. I've created you for this. Head above water? No, I created you to walk on water. Those are the things that happen uh, when we're inclined, when our hearts are inclined to God's heart. You hear, that, hear this all the time. You know, follow your heart, chase your dreams. And I'm here to scratch all that. I'm here to say, don't follow your heart because it takes you to places you don't want to be at, okay? I'm a witness. But what I do say is that when you're inclined, when your heart is inclined with God, lead your heart. Show your heart what God's word says for you to do. Because when we're inclined, we become these leaders that God called us to be. When we're inclined, things get a little bit easier, unexplainably, but it gets a little bit easier. Because our hearts are inclined. So don't, don't tell your heart, don't follow your heart. Lead your heart because most importantly, you are in charge of your heart. For instance, someone can say this. Don't raise in hands, no elbows, ready? Someone can say this. Man, they broke my heart. And I'm here to say, no, 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 no. They didn't break your heart. You gave them your heart. Then it ended up breaking that way. You were in charge in the first place. 
So that means when you were listening to your heart, you should have led your heart and asked God, hey, let me be inclined with you because is this relationship? Nope, that relationship's not good. All right, God, then I'm going this way no matter what I feel. Because our hearts are inclined to God's heartbeat. Everyone say our hearts are inclined to God's heartbeat. But that rises up a question. And the question is this. Are you setting your heart in the right direction? Are you, am I, because I'm speaking to myself too, are we setting our hearts in the right direction? In other words, are we inclined to God? Because when we are inclined, again, God has this cool rhythm, right? I mean, when we got into the doctors, maybe as kids we played doctor and uh, you can, even the toy, man, that's pretty cool. You can hear the, the heartbeat, you know? Is it, I've heard my, actually, this came up to me right now. I had four children, okay? And I've heard all of their heartbeats while they were in the womb. And it sounded more like a... That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> it's fun, too. And then when I listen to my kids' heartbeat when they're laying down, I can just put my head on their chest. I mean, I hear... Right? And when we're jogging and running, we tend to... Now we have, like, the technology where it shows the heart rate. It's like... Right, and it's just our, our, there's, a, there's that rhythm. There's always a rhythm in a heartbeat. And God has a rhythm in his heartbeat. He has a steady heartbeat. And his goes, set it, check it, set it, check it, set it, check it. Think about for that for a second. Set it, check it. If we are planning to incline our hearts with God, it requires us to set ourselves straight with him. But don't just set it and then leave it. Check it. Am I still in tune with my heavenly father? Is my heart still inclined with him or her or him or those? Set it. Check it. Set it. Check it. Set it. Check it. There is a steady rhythm when it comes to God's heartbeat. There is a steady rhythm when it comes to our lives. And when you, when you, when you incline your heart, you're in tune with that. You can see where God has, has, has done this because he wants it to benefit our lives. But here's the thing. Our heart, or excuse me, our habits create a condition of a bad heart. See, when we're setting checking, the checking part also requires us to check the habits that we have in our lives. When we, check our, when we check our habits, we can see a whole lot of things that probably we have flaws in. And so we got to set it then. I mean, we hide behind his habits. One of the things I hide behind, and I've learned this the past couple of weeks with the help of the Holy Spirit and my wife, they've helped me out so much. But here's the thing. And no, it's for me to grow. No, this is not a joke. This is for me to grow, okay? And here's the thing. I've realized I hide, and this is a bad, yeah, this is, I'm confessing, but it's so good for me, okay? I'm not perfect, but I hide behind blame. I do. I mean, we're late to drop my kids off to school, but they weren't fast enough. That's why we're late. <laughs> In reality, I should have been, I should have woke up a half an hour early. I hide behind, and, and I, the thing is, I didn't realize I was hiding behind these bad habits of blaming. And it wasn't like, oh, that's all your fault. It was more of just, you know, excuses. They were coming out as excuses while, why I was late or, or didn't get to this point. That was a bad condition in my heart. And it was revealed to me. So during the time when I was setting it, like I like to do every day, I wasn't checking it. 
And if I wasn't checking it, my wife was going to check it. <laughs> and I need her. I need her. She's my helper. Men, allow your wives to speak to you. If there's teenagers in here, let your parents speak to you. It helps. Set it. Check it. And so I was able, through the help of the Holy Spirit, to address those things. And I had to retrain myself. I had to reteach myself God's words through these bad habits so they can be flipped around. That's the check it part. I had to retrain myself. Because we had just read that, that uh, I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever. And the last part of that was even till the end. That's even today. All the way to when we're done. That, that means even when it's hard or when we don't see it or when we don't feel it, we set it. We check it. Now, in, in one night, uh, Psalms 119 verse 113 says this. I, I hate, okay, this is the next verse. I hate those who are double-minded, but I love your law. I hate, he says, those, the psalmist says, I, I hate. Hate is such a strong Word, And I want you guys to hear me out for a second on this one, okay? I'm not going to preach on hate. I'm going to re reveal a couple of things on hate, okay? Hate is such a strong word, but it is powerful and it's motivating to make a change. You see, God does never, God never wants us to hate anyone. That is not what he's talking about. But when you think of hatred, or I just resist that, like keep away from me, we can have this attitude. This is what he wants to do. Because I hate bullying. I hate poverty. Okay? So there's this motivation of hate to the point where we want to do something about it. And then whatever that is, maybe, I, you know, I hate seeing kids that are hungry all the time. What are we going to do uh, about it? That hatred for that thing is going to motivate us as God's people to do something about it. And it all goes back to staying inclined with our Heavenly Father. Set it. Check it. I'm not saying be led by hatred. Are you guys getting me here? But what I am saying is when you can take that motivation and say, you know what, devil, I don't like this. I'm going to do something about this. I don't know how. I don't have the answer, but my heart is inclined, and he's going to show me a way Amen. how to get there. We have to take that motivation and do something. No, no, I highly recommend don't say, okay, I'm going to address every single bully in the school. Don't do that. There's obviously, you have, to, you have to apply wisdom, okay? But what I am saying is allow that to motivate you to say, hey, I'm going to do something that's for God's kingdom and for these kids and for these people or whatever the area is. I just use bullying as, a, as an example, but whatever it is. And then the, the, the scripture says I, says, I hate double-minded. doesn't like this thing. He doesn't like it when we're one way or, 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 or the other, or I'm, I'm going to be this. He says, I hate double-minded. In other words, it's undecided. Am I going to do this for God or for myself? It's so strong, yet so motivating. Because when we set it, check it, those are one of the things in our hearts that we have to address if we want to stay in tune with our God. Now, this is not me saying this. This is what the Word is telling us to do. And sometimes it can be a difficult situation to talk about. And we, don't, we want to hide behind it. But God's saying, no, 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 no. When you set and you check, you're doing something about it. You're doing something about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, talk to you guys about my physical I had the other day. It's a little personal, okay? I'm healthy. <laughs> I am, though, okay? But they said this to me. 
After your blood work, Jesse, he says, your, your liver is slightly elevated. Um, what was the word? A slightly elevated like function or something like that. So nothing big, you know, just you got to fix that. And I said, oh, okay. I never heard anything like this. And I'm, I'm 31 years old. Oh, okay. All right. He's like, what you, we're going to do in four weeks, we're going to take blood work. Okay. But for those four weeks, I need you to stop smoking and drinking. And then you just stop taking Tylenol. And I said, okay. <laughs> That's easy. I don't drink or smoke and I don't, ta- I don't really take medicine. I, I feel great. Like, oh, he scratched his head, right? He's like, well, let me get back to you. I went home, right? I get a phone call that night. <laughs> it said, Jesse, we figured it out. Okay, maybe you have to amen that one. <laughs> stop eating fast foods. <laughs> Okay, all right, I'll stop eating fat. Okay, that makes sense to me. I said, all right, all right. See, when I went to this physical, it required me, and I've been doing that all January, right? Thank you, 21 days. Here we go. So here, here's the thing, though. I've been doing that all January. Man, I've been feeling great. I've been feeling great. And they did blood work again, and I haven't heard anything back, and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Because when we set ourselves to do something and we have to check ourselves and when we, during the process of checking, there is an issue that needs to be addressed, we have to be willing to do it. We can't just say, okay, I checked it. There's a problem. Oh, well, now I'm going to go back to studying and just doing my thing for God. No, I, it required me to discipline myself and stay away from that stuff. And I've been doing pretty strong for 2017. You know, again, it requires us not to be double-minded. Okay, I heard that, but I'm going to do what I want. Okay, that's double-minded. God says, I, I hate that. Don't do that. But love my law, love my word, love my ways. Because it is healthy for you. It is healthy. In other words, make up your mind to do this with me. Because when we love his law, we love his way. And it requires us to make up our mind, but also to train our brains. Man, let me tell you something. I drove by Wendy's and McDonald's and Burger King. It's not easy. And Chick-fil-A opens, man. Come on. Like, this is this, this torture. <laughs> Just being real. But here's the thing. You, we, had to stay, we had to stay away from that. We had to stay away from that. Okay, I got to confess. I had one chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A <laughs> during January. <laughs> All right. Well, here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. We have to make up the mind to follow through. And, and, and to the best of my ability, I followed through. You know, and, I, and, and because of it, I got great results out of it. When we follow through of not being double-minded, when God says, don't do this, when we follow through, watch your heart condition that's inclined with God be so much more better and noticeable and noticeable to the people that need it. Because you'll be a motivation. You will be a voice of God. You'll be the hands and feet of God. And you're able to do it with boldness and confidence because you know what? You said it, you checked it, and you followed through. Now it's time to set it again because it is a heartbeat of our God. After 21 days of prayer and fasting, I have not eaten at McDonald's. That dollar menu doesn't own me anymore. Just saying. It does not own me anymore. Because what used to be just a dollar here and a dollar there and realize at the end of the month, I spent $100 on the dollar menu. Marty, what are you doing? Just Just joking. Here's the thing. It don't own me no more. And I'm like, hey, baby, let's go out. I got 100 extra dollars to do something. And we go out. Discipline. When you set it, you check it, okay? But you have to train yourself. Now, here's the kicker. It's been 
30, a little over 30 days that I haven't been, I'm preaching McDonald's. It's been a little over 30 days that I haven't had McDonald's and I like it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> I'm loving it. Here's the thing. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I don't know. So here's the thing. <laughs> here's the, <laughs> stop it guys, we're in church. Here's the thing. Because of the fact that I've been away from it and I created a new habit in me, I'm starting to love it. I've trained my brain to say no. I've trained my body to say no. And after, like, even if it was two, three weeks in a row, that was, it was hard. I'm like, man, you know, I just, it's, it's convenient. But I just go home and eat something at home. When I, when I do that, I start liking it. And then before you, more that you like it, you start loving it because you're training yourself. It may be hard for you to get into your word, but start doing it on a daily basis and you'll start liking it. You'll start seeing the benefits behind it. And before you see it, before it even gets to another point, you start loving it. And when you're loving this thing of reading and getting with my God on a daily basis, what tends to happen is you love it. And when you love it, it just radiates out of you. It's shown everywhere. But don't be double-minded, he says. Don't be double-minded. Going to that next scripture. Okay, so so far we've read, I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, even to the end. I hate those who are double-minded, but love your law. I love this last verse because this is just the kicker of it all, okay? He says, you are my hiding place, my shield. I wait. Everybody say wait. wait. I wait for your word. I wait for your word. You see, he says, you are my hiding place, my shield. In other words, he's saying, we have a safe haven. When my kids have a hard day at school and they come home, you know, maybe there was, a, there was an issue in the playground and they're in tears, they can come home and be them and be vulnerable and crying and, and, and just let it all out. Because they know, they understand that they have a safe haven. You see, when you're inclined with God's heart, when, you're, when you know the steadiness and the rhythm of the heartbeat, man, you have a safe haven. He says, you have a hiding place in me. And when you are hiding in me, I shield you so no one can get to you. And you can be vulnerable to me. You can come to me. He says, you are my hiding place, my shield. I wait for you. Here's the thing, though. Where do we hide, or in other words, where do we run to when we're discouraged? Discouraged about an issue or a problem in life. Because most of the time, we, we tend to run, and this is me, we tend to run to the discourager trying to handle the problem ourselves. We try to run to the discourager when in reality, we should be running to our safe haven. God wants us to train and practice ourselves to go run to our hiding place. Now, I play hide and seek a lot with my kids in the dark. They, they absolutely love it. And it's funny because over the years of doing this, they run to the same exact spot. I can do this game in my, in my, with my eyes closed. I really can. Because they go behind the corner in the dresser where the curtains are at between the couches. Like that is, and then they're fighting for that spot. <laughs> And I can hear it, because they, they understand that spot is in a legitimate spot. It's a good spot where they really can't be seen. But as their father, I know exactly where they're at. Even if I don't see them, I know exactly where they're at. When you run to your safe place, maybe people won't notice or see it, but God will always know where you're at because he's designed it for you. He's shielded it for you. 
Here's the thing. We need to train ourselves not to run to the discourager, but to run to our heavenly father and then to our hiding place. And we have to wait. When we're there, we have to wait on him. Because there are going to be times where he's saying, hey, be quiet for a second. Don't do this. Or he's going to say, get up, go. That's the direction where you need to go. You tend to be in tune of where you're at. Because here's the thing. Facing our issues on ourselves is not going to bring us to victory. But when we come to Christ, we are claiming the victory he's already given us. Because the victory is already there. Now, when you look in the book of Jonah, it's four chapters. I I, I encourage you guys to read this that chapter this week or that book this week. Jonah was a prophet of God, okay? And he was called to to send a message to Nineveh, okay? A a place where it was just just chaos, sin. And I'm not gonna read the whole thing to you guys, but I'm gonna really bring it together, okay? That place was evil, and Jonah knew that. So when God called him to do something, Jonah went the other way, okay? He bought a ticket and said, see ya, I'm out of here. And long story short, going all the way the opposite of where God was calling him to do, the storm happens, you know, they throw him out, out of the ship. And again, I encourage you guys to read the story. When he gets in there, knowing that he still has a, 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 a message to send to Nineveh, this fish, and the Bible says this, God provided, the key word is provided. God provided a big fish, swallowed him, and uh, three days later ended up going to the being where he was at. Let's think about those three days for a second, okay? It was stinky, probably. Hot, not fun, uncomfortable. I mean, I bet you Jonah was squeezed. He was probably suppressed, but the scripture says that he praised and that he sang. While he was there, he praised and he sang and he looked to God. Now, here's where, honestly, like, God really drew a picture out for me. What if Jonah was in that sea? Same exact scenario. Everything happened. It all played out. And that fish wasn't provided. It was just there. What do you think would have happened to him? Probably dead, right? He ain't riding in anything. He's underwater. There are sharks and stuff in there. He can't swim that far. He'd die. So then I got to thinking about this. So when the Bible says the fish was provided and God is our provider, then is it true that that fish is probably God's grace in an uncomfortable stage? Think about it for a second, guys. It was hot, probably stinky, dark, uncomfortable, but that was God's grace that brought him and restored him back to where he belonged. Back to where he belonged. That fish was provided. There are gonna be times in our lives where it's hard, it's hot, and it sure stinks in here. But when we stop and go to our safe haven, when we stop and we go to our spot that we need, that our hiding place that the scripture tells us about, we're probably riding God's grace. We just don't see it. When you run, what ends up happening at the end of the story is this. He goes and he does his mission. He's back where he's at because it says the, the fish vomited <laughs> him up and brought him in. And, and there's more to the story. I'm going to just encourage you guys to read that. 
four chapters. But here's the thing, the principle that I'm trying to teach you guys is this. God's grace is not always comfortable. When we choose to incline our hearts, when we choose to, uh, to do what we need to do for God's kingdom and, and, and take the mission that God wants us to do, there are going to be some uncomfortable moments, uncomfortable times. Maybe times where we just didn't see it and we don't understand it. But we need to choose and say, yes, God, I will do so. Yes, God. And when we get squeezed and it's getting a lot of pressure, remember God's word says you may be squeezed, but you're not destroyed. I'm going to squeeze you because I'm going to stretch you and I want you to grow. You may be suppressed, but you're not going to be abandoned. You may feel alone and I'm there, but you're not forsaken. We need to learn to stay inclined with God and his word. Set it, check it, set it, check it. Because that is the heartbeat of our God. I'm going to close it with this. The way the gym, where all the weights are and the treadmills, the way the gym is to the body, think about that. Our bodies benefit from that. When we go to the gym, we, we're, we're, we're sweating and we're working out, but we're gaining strength, gaining speed. The way the gym is to the body is the way problems are to the faith. But we have to have a God perspective of that. We need to have an understanding that God has allowed this to happen because there is something he's doing in us, something that he is teaching us. But we have to stick with the heartbeats, the rhythm of our God's heart. Set it, check it, and watch your faith grow.